PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Welcome to this week's PDPW podcast as the Thanksgiving season continues. As we heard from Tom Thibodeau last week, the habit of giving thanks and being courteous and respectful brings habits of a lifetime that shape our character. And as we hear from Tom this week, being thankful and grateful isn't something that just happens upon us one day in November, but rather a way of life. Here's Tom Thibodeau with this week's PDPW podcast, continuing our season of Thanksgiving. Well, Bill, as we've been talking, that we have so much to be grateful for. And this morning, I'd like to talk about how Thanksgiving is a way of life. One of the first things we teach our children is to be courteous, to be respectful towards others. So we said to a young child, what do you say when somebody gives you something? And, and they'll, they'll say, please. And then what do you say when you've been giving something? Thank you. And we say that over and over again. What do you say, please? What do you say? Thank you. In this way, the habit of giving thanks, of being courteous and respectful, are habits for a lifetime that become part of our character. But it's not something that we've just happened upon. Uh, People throughout all of human history have taken time, particularly in the fall, after the harvest, to give thanks for everything that they were able to tend and plant and cultivate and ultimately harvest. In 1620, the pilgrims arrived on the shores of their new country. They were fleeing religious persecution. And when they arrived, they were hungry and cold and pretty much lost. They then received the friendship and the understanding and courtesy from the first peoples who were here, who taught them how to plant corn and barley, taught them how to fish and to hunt. Uh, Starvation and famine were present that first year, but by 1621, the pilgrim people who had landed here were able to begin to give thanks for the things that they had planted and harvested, give thanks for the ways in which they were able to stave off famine and starvation and to begin to build a new life here. In 1789, George Washington issued the first proclamation of Thanksgiving, and he did it for seven years during the Revolutionary War. Think about it for just a moment. Here were people fighting for their new country, giving up everything they had for their new country, and George Washington asked them to give thanks. Give thanks. When the revolution ended, Congress was asked by President Washington to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peacefully to establish a form of government for their own safety and happiness. Democracy itself is a gift that's been given to us and handed on generously by the people who have gone before us. Abraham Lincoln understood this, and so in 1863, Lincoln makes the proclamation that a day of Thanksgiving be celebrated on the fourth Thursday 
of every November. How important and significant that in difficult times, when we found ourselves in times of trouble or struggle, the nation came together in order to give thanks for each other and the ways in which we've been blessed. So that carries us to today. The importance of Thanksgiving, not only as one day in November, but as a way of life. The ability to be grateful is one of the core foundations to people who are both healthy and happy. Robert Emmons, one of the leading experts in researching gratitude, writes, Gratitude is a form of the affirmation of goodness. We affirm that there are good things in the world, gifts and benefits that we've received. Secondly, he explains, that gratitude, in gratitude we recognize that the sources of goodness are outside of ourselves. We acknowledge that other people, or even higher powers, if you have a spiritual mindset, give us many gifts, big and small, to help us achieve the goodness in our lives. It is the relationship that strengthens emotion because it requires us to see how we've been supported and affirmed by other people. Gratitude encourages not only to appreciate gifts, but to repay them. And the language that we use right now is, how do I pay it forward? Think about what it's like if you're ever in line at Starbucks or McDonald's or any drive-through these days, and the person ahead of you buys your coffee. Aren't we that much more likely to buy the coffee for the, or the meal for the people coming after us? My wife and I were out a couple of weeks ago for lunch on a Friday, and we were sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting for our bill to be brought. Finally, we went up and talked to the waiter and said, uh, excuse me, could we please have our bill? We're finished eating now. Oh, he said, your bill was paid for a half an hour ago by that gentleman who was sitting at the table. Somebody who I did not only knew as an acquaintance paid for our lunch. That set the tone for our whole weekend. And how is it that we could then share that goodness and generosity with others? Gratitude is the moral memory of human beings. Gratitude has evolved by strengthening our bonds between members of humanity who mutually have helped each other out. And you begin to realize that each and every day, people are working on our behalf so that we might enjoy the lives that we have. Think about it for just a moment. How many times in the course of a day does our heart beat, pumping blood throughout our bodies, keeping us alive, and who gives thanks for their heart? How many times in the course of the day do my lungs take in and expel air, making sure that I stay alive and that I, my blood is well oxygenated. Think about the joy each and every day just of a swallowing reflex that we have in our lives or the ability to move our hand and eye in concert, the ability to be able to drive a car safely. And all these small acts each and every day are acts of kindness that the universe has provided for us. Researchers have said that like every habit, 
there needs to be practices. Practice makes perfect, so be careful what you practice. So in the practice of gratitude, I like to suggest six things to those of you who are working today and listening to this podcast. One of the first things to do each and every day is to not only take an inventory of those small things like I began talking about, but recognizing what would happen if you would lose any one of them. What is it like? And many people experienced this this last year when they lost the sense of taste or the sense of smell. Many people lost the ability to be able to breathe easily. People know what happens in the loss of health if you're diagnosed with a heart problem or a fatal disease. Paying attention to loss and challenge in our life helps us to become that much more aware and grateful. Do you realize that our brain only makes up 2% of the physical mass of our bodies, 2%, and yet our brains demand 20% of the calories that we take in? What's really extraordinary is that because we have so much of our energy being consumed by our brain, we try to find shortcuts in which to preserve the energy that we need. And so one of the things that happens is that you have to be conscious. You have to be aware. You have to think carefully of everything that you've been given so that you might be grateful. And in order to do that sometimes, it's important to be reminded of the possibility of loss. How many of us who have lost our parents find ourselves at Thanksgiving time remembering all the many lessons that they taught us, many things that they weren't even cognizant of at the moment, but they helped to develop our character. They are no longer with us in their bodily presence, but their spiritual presence is felt. And in their absence, we fully understand their presence. Two, to savor positive experiences. We want to... There's more to life than increasing its speed. When are we going to really remind ourselves that being busy is not a badge uh, to be admired? To be constantly being busy, to being distracted, to being on the go, to explain to other people what we have done or accomplished. Everybody's to-do list is longer at the end of each day, but we are not human doings. We are human beings. They'd be able, the ability to be able to savor a beautiful fall day, to be able to savor holding your grandchild, to be able to savor the taste of a piece of apple, caramel, crumb pie with cinnamon ice cream. Savor, not hurry. Savor, not rush. Savor and be grateful. Three, the good things in our lives are gifts, not birthrights. We did not earn or deserve them. We do not earn or deserve clean air. It is a gift. Clean water. Land that produces food. Peace in our world, our families, our neighborhoods our gifts. Certainly we contribute to the common good. We contribute to the ways in which we live a more peaceful and happy life. But so much of what I receive each and every day is a gift. Work is a gift. 
the ability to be able to produce something and share with other people is a gift. Sometimes they're rewards, and sometimes they're not. But it is all gift. It's not a birthright. And when we become to realize that, everything then has meaning. The understanding of generosity is understanding that whatever I've been given is a gift, and therefore I have the ability to generously give it away. What we find that the people are the most emotionally healthy are the people that are most generous. And it doesn't depend upon your wage. It doesn't depend upon your income. It depends upon your spirit. That what we've been given as gift can be shared as gift. Think about each of our parents or our grandparents who handed on their legacies to us. My grandmother was a single parent, businesswoman, and mother during the Great Depression. Her husband was killed in 1937 by a trolley car. I love my grandmother, and she loved me. I was the second oldest grandchild, and the first letter I ever wrote, I wrote to my grandma. And we carried on a correspondence, and I loved writing to my grandma because she would write back. And I treasured those letters. And every once in a while, there would be a quarter taped to the bottom of the letter, or every once in a while, a dollar bill would appear. That was a lot of money for a small child in the late 1950s or early 1960s. I wrote to my grandmother when I was homesick away at college. I wrote to her when I was working in Canada. I wrote to her as she was aging so that my letters would keep her company. The last letter I wrote was two weeks before she died. She was dying of brain cancer. It was probably caused from giving too many permanents back in the day. A month after my grandmother died, a box arrived in the mail for me. I opened it up, and it was a shoebox. I opened up the shoebox, and there was every letter I had ever written my grandmother. She had kept every letter. She had sent me a box of love that we had shared with each other for a lifetime. Did I deserve it? No. Is the gift that keeps on giving? Yes. Fourth, be grateful for the people that we work with. Be grateful for the people who serve us. Be grateful for the people that we encounter each and every day. And to tell them that, all those generous people who serve us in very humble and meaningful ways, Think about how important custodians' works are today. And when's the last time that a custodian has been recognized and thanks? Thanks for keeping the floor clean. Thank you for making sure that the handles are wiped off with antiseptic. Thank you. The windows sparkle so we can see the sun shine through them again. Thanking people in our very humble ways for serving us food or giving us change. Thanking people who know how to fix our refrigerator or change our oil, thanking people who ride in squad cars and prevent fires, thanking people who glow in the understanding of gratitude. I have yet to meet anyone 
who feels that they were addicted to gratitude, that they were getting way too much affirmation. I've never found anybody who said, oh, jeez, I am just so way overappreciated. Not at all. And oftentimes, the people who need our gratitude, attention, and appreciation most are the people that we live with. Fifth, when we are grateful for something, be specific. Not just a general thank you or a thank you to the universe. Thank you, as we were taught, for the piece of candy that you gave me. Thank you for holding the door for me. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for your pleasant spirit. Thank you for the smile that you gave when I really needed one. Thank you for your willingness to tell me the truth. Thank you for making sure that each time I come for physical therapy, I am greeted and made to feel welcome rather than a burden. How important it is to specifically thank people for what they have provided for us, not in a general sort of a way, but it communicates that I'm paying attention, that it is significant, and I will never forget it. And finally, the importance of gratitude is not just for the good things. The importance and strength of gratitude comes in difficult circumstances. The pilgrims, after a year, first year of starvation, very grateful for the help that they received from native peoples to be able to grow corn and barley to fish and hunt. President Washington, let us be grateful for the ability to build a new country peaceably, peaceably together. Abraham Lincoln, the war that tore the nation apart. Let's be grateful for each other. With malice toward none, he reminds us. Let us look for our better angels. In difficult times, we reach back and we become who we always were. In this way, thanksgiving is a way of life. Every loss offers an opportunity. Every obstacle shows us there is possibility. Reframing our losses into personal gain and communal gifts is an understanding of gratitude. We just celebrated this past two weeks, Veterans Day, the 11th day, the 11th hour of the 11th month, armistice, recognizing that the peace that we enjoy today was because of the sacrifices of those who have gone before us. We remember Pearl Harbor in two weeks. Again, remembering the sacrifice of young people, oftentimes young men who had not even completed high school, who are willing to serve our country and protect us. Those were our grandparents and their friends who made sure that we have the opportunity for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Gratitude that we have health, that we have people that love us. Gratitude for having a warm place to sleep and enough to eat when so many people have no place to live. Grateful for clean water 
that one billion people in the world do not have access to each and every day. Out of difficulty and obstacles and challenges comes the opportunity to develop our character of thanksgiving as a way of life. Thanksgiving is more than just a day. Thanksgiving is more than just a holiday. Thanksgiving is much more than one large meal and football. Thanksgiving is our birthright. Thanksgiving is a gift that's been given to us by the people who have loved us for a lifetime. Always wonderful, Bill, to be in conversation with you mm-hmm. and to give thanks to all the people who produce this show. Give thanks to all the people who take time to listen. Give thanks to all the people who make our lives possible. While we're giving out thanks to people, how about a big thank you to Tom Thibodeau for today's message? Thank you, Tom. You're welcome, Bill. And a big thanks to you for listening again to this week's PDPW podcast. A reminder for archive shows, head to pdpw.org.